Greetings, students, and welcome to another fun-filled day here at Horror in the Halls. <laughs> What's up, kids, and welcome to Horror in the Halls. I'm Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Holland. And I'm Jenny, a.k.a. Mrs. Hill. And we're just two high school teachers educating the masses on the spooky stuff we love. It's August, and that means it's time to go back to school. And this week's episode is guaranteed to jack you up. It's 1998's The Faculty. <laughs> I had to use that line because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I think I heard the best description of this movie ever. It says, think Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets The Breakfast Club. Right? Yeah. Because it's a motley crew of of mm -hmm. children in this movie. Yeah, it's all like a bunch of like pre-major fame people from the 90s. Like they were kind of getting there, but not quite there yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. So let's jump into the deets real quick, and then we'll go into some fun facts and some thoughts on the film. So it was released on Christmas Day in 1998, which seems like an odd choice for that Miramax. It is an odd choice. This is not a Christmas Day movie. But but back <laughs> in the day, they used to release movies all the time on Christmas or around Christmas time because that's like a you know the, the second big movie time, I guess. 104 minutes running time. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez, which I love Robert Rodriguez. He did. Oh, Johnny was really excited about that when he saw it at yeah. the end of the credits. I, went, I was watching. I was like, "Hold up!" I saw his name, and I was like, "No!" And I was like, "Oh, I directed this movie because I love him." Like El Mariachi, <laughs> Desperado from Dust Till Dawn. He did the Spy Kids. He did Sin City, Planet Terra, Machete, all those movies. Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Great um, kind of directorial voice, I think. So it's. Now it's like going back and watching it again and know it before I watch it. You kind of see some of his fingerprints on it, which I thought was really cool. Uh, it was written by Kevin Williamson, who was like the 90s go-to teen horror person. He wrote Scream 1, 2, and 4. I know what you did last summer. He wrote H- Halloween H2O, which was Josh mm-hmm. Hartnett's first film. Oh, and he also, okay, yeah. I forgot yeah. him that he was in it. That's why he has that same terrible haircut in both movies. My God, it's so bad. <laughs> but you know what? Hair, All the boys around me had haircuts like that. <laughs> I know, it was so bad. Like the weird little ducktail. He also, Kevin Williamson, is the creator of Dawson's Creek, which okay. was my jam once upon a time. I ain't gonna lie. My, my, it was mine too. I it should be it. everyone already. This show's great. Pacey's, Pacey was my favorite, so... <laughs> I always liked the Dawson. I like that he, I like that James Vanderbeek made a career out of himself of just being the Dawson, and he kind of like is a, almost a parody of himself. Oh, so stupid. He's great. Like on uh, there's a TV show he was on where he played himself. It was Don't Trust the Bean, Apartment Twenty Three, and he plays this lady's friend, but he's James Vanderbeek, and he's forever like you know when I was on Dawson's Creek, like <laughs> he's just like playing almost a parody of himself, and it's really funny. That's so ridiculous. It really was. It's it's a good show, though. So the story was by David Wetcher and Bruce Kimmel. So they actually wrote this movie in 1990. Okay. The first time. So way before Scream was even in production. They shopped it around. No one liked it. Apparently, there's the dialogue wasn't as good. And some of the story characters, they said, that, according to what this documentary I, I watched, just fell flat. 
So when Scream like blew up, the Weinsteins went out and bought every script that involved teenagers, essentially. So they bought this. Read it was like, and then they brought in Kevin Williamson to rewrite it. So he rewrote it. He added characters, rewrote almost all the dialogue, and kind of made it go in the vein of Scream because you know their dialogue oh was kind of cheesy and not great. Oh, there was a really good line in there though, and I keep chuckling about it. I can't wait to say it. I know my I have my favorite one is the most teacher line ever, uh, but I just <laughs> it was really good. So cinematography is Enrique Sediac. He did Twenty Eight Weeks Later, Taristas. It's pretty good. I did find out this was shot, which I miss this so much. It was actually not, it was pre-digital. So it's shot on 35 millimeter Panavision cameras. You can tell the way it looks. It just has that film look, which I liked. And the special effects in this is K and B. It's like Greg Nicotero. That's why they look so good. Like that poor old lady in the shower scene, which is Mm -hmm. disgusting. That's Greg Nicotero. That's like, you know, the dude who did like the walking dead. And all those other zombies, that, like he started, that was like very reminiscent of the scene in The Shining to me. So, yeah. oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not even sure that might have been like what their in- intention was because she does look <laughs> very much like her from her gross she, feet all the way up. Ugh. Yeah, it looked just like that. <laughs> that's the first what, thing i thought of ugh, i know you see her face you're like oh and then when her hair comes off my first thought was is like there's a naked granny in the shower with a naked teenager. What the hell is going on? And then he pulls her scalp off. I forgot all about that part. And I was like, that's weird as hell. And then it was like, okay, juicy scalp. Disgusting. It was gross. It was gross. <laughs> so it had a budget of 15 million and it did not necessarily make that. It lost money opening weekend, but it's total box office revenue is 63.2 million. So it made its money. Okay. Back. It didn't That's make good. a lot of money, but it's respectable. 56 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 57 for audience, which is pretty interesting how they're so close. So the critics is 56. The audience is 57. Letterboxd is a 3.3, which I think is accurate. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. The cast of this movie is legitimately a who's who of 90 people. Of, like, you know, right. 90s to, to really more 2000s. This is the end of the 90s kind of slasher era. It's 98. But... You got Jordana Brewster, which fun fact about her. She is like Dom's sister in Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. She was doing this is her first movie and she was doing these both at the same time. And she okay. in the interview is quoted as saying that Fast and the Furious was just this quirky little indie f- car movie and that this was going to be her big break. <laughs> and this one flopped. And Fast and the Furious is like one of the biggest film series there is. Just oh, hilarious. Oh my gosh, they just keep making them too. Oh no, so and they've funny. gotten more and more ridiculous. They're essentially like Marvel movies with cars. <laughs> like, why are you making a Fiero go to space, dog? Come on. <laughs> let's let's stop. But yeah, she thought this was gonna be her big break movie. And the other one was just like her fun summer indie car film. Oh, okay. Yeah, how wrong she was. <laughs> yeah, how very wrong she was. Mm-hmm. Then we got Clea Duval. It's Stokely Mitchell. I love Clea Duval. I thought she I was like you. the hottest person ever in the 90s when I was <laughs> about that age. I think it's funny in this movie, though, is because she is a lesbian playing a straight girl who's pretending to be a lesbian to be like edgy, which I think is just really funny. <laughs> I know there. there's actually two lines that I really like, and one of them's related to that. When Mary Beth's like, I'm not aware of any lesbianism in my heritage. I know. The way she says that is so weird. I was like, 
Did she really just say that? That was <laughs> yeah. really good. No, go, I laughed so hard. What? I know the lines in this are great, especially if you like are our age and like some of this dialogue is really nineties dialogue. And you're like, I've heard people say that. Like that is very much on point for what a lot of this shit they said was. <laughs> uh we got Laura Harris as Mary Beth. Josh Hartnett again is Zeke Tyler. This is his second movie, right after H2O. Sean Atrosi is Stan. Salma Hayek is the nurse in this movie. Famke Jansen, which really are like, if you think about 90s, early 2000s of like what people considered hot actresses, those two would be in the top five for sure. Especially oh, Salma yeah. Hayek. Salma Hayek somehow, I think she really is a vampire because how do you still look exactly the same? And you're like six yeah, years old. <laughs> she's aged very well. Yeah, like the best aging person ever. Her and Keanu Reeves, it's, vampires. <laughs> it's because she is, has all the serotonin in the lot in her life that she needs. She loves animals. So. Yeah, she loves everything. She talks she's, about she talks about her animals all the time. She's always rescuing like a dog or something. Yes. And her her she's like, oh my gosh, she's she was interviewed one time saying that she tried to act like she had an affair was calling her husband and she yeah. said, you're going to just don't be so mad at me. I did something terrible. He goes, Oh my gosh, you did tell me you did not bring home another dog. <laughs> he didn't even, that didn't even cross his mind. It was the dog. And she was like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I got <laughs> so three. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. She says my favorite role in this movie. So let me run through the cast and I'll talk about it. So you got Salma Hayek as nurse Harper. Famke Jansen is Miss Burke, which I like her Piper Laurie. Yes. As Miss Olsen, which is a, is a fun fact, she's Carrie's mom in the Carrie movie, so it's a nice little tie to our book this year. Okay. So, like, yeah, she is Piper Laurie plays you know Margaret White in the movie, okay. which is great. We got Kate, Christopher McFreaking Donald as Casey's dad. Oh, Shooter McGavin and this bad boy, which is another <laughs> fun fact. There's a scene <laughs> where Robert Patrick gives him the whole like shooter fingers when he leaves. That was a nod to Happy Gilmore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Baby Newrith, BB Newrith or whatever for his principal Drake. That was supposed to be Jillian Anderson and she turned it down. Okay. It'd have been so much cooler if it was Jillian Anderson, like from the X Files kind of tie in, you know what I mean? Yeah. That'd have been really cool. Of course, Robert Patrick, love him. Coach Willis, you know, T1000, which you notice some of his running in this movie is very much how he ran as a Terminator. So it's that creepy, like yeah. stiff arm run he does. Yeah. <laughs> Usher Raymond, his first film as well. He's Gabe. John Stewart's in this as as Mr. Furlong, which is pretty cool. Uh, Of course, then Elijah Wood as Casey Connor. So that's three Elijah Wood movies we've done on the on the podcast. This this month they were back to back. (laughs) I forgot he was in this movie when I put him in this order. And then you know what's crazy is how did we forget he's like the focal point in this freaking movie? He's the main person. He's the only one. Actually, Zeke is the only one not infected in the whole movie. But he doesn't get affected till the end. And then the last two casts are hilarious. Summer Phoenix is the fuck you girl. And that's like Joaquin and River's little sister. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, and then John Abrams is the fuck you boy. But he's in a bunch of stuff too in the odds, like bit roles. But yeah, Summer Phoenix, I thought was really funny. Apparently, um, God, what was Aaron telling me? She is really good friends with Clea Duval. So Clea Duval apparently brought her oh, on. okay to this role for that tiny little bit part of just screaming fuck you at her boyfriend in the hallway every time you see them <laughs> like every single time I'm, I'm assuming salma hayek got that small role because of robert rodriguez because he works with her on everything 
which a funny story about her. She was talking in an interview about the first time she met Danny Trejo. Cause like she, she was all worried. Cause they were like, Hey, he's like a legit crit, like convict. He's on this set. And apparently he walked up to her big smile, ripped open his shirt and said, this is you. And he pointed at that big chest tattoo. And apparently it's ba- based on a movie Salma Hayek did in Mexico when she was younger. He was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my God. This is you on my chest. I've had you on my chest for like however many years. And she was like, so she's like this huge, scary, like convict guy is all jovial and excited because you're tattooed on his chest. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love this movie. Like, and she says my favorite role in the whole thing, whenever she's given that in the person, she, which is another fun fact, but she's in the, you see her first scene in the teacher's lounge and they're like, go home. She's like, no, I'm saving my sick days for when I feel better. <laughs> I was like, right. That's the that's most teacher was- thing ever. <laughs> That's what I told Johnny. I said, that's, I said, that's like a, a very hard truth in most of our lives. We're like, we'll we'll go dragging ourselves in and be like, I'd rather be off when I feel good so I can go do things. Have fun. I want to enjoy my off days. I want to be home. Like I'm dying. My, my sick days are for two things. It's either, you know, mental health day or my kids are sick and that's it. I go to Mm -hmm. work sick unless it's like the BGs that I stay home. PGs. If I get the BGs, I'm staying at the crib. It's very rare when I'm like, if I, I have to be really, really sick to call in. Oh, yeah. So like migraines are a no go. There's no way I would survive the school day with a migraine. I would kill everyone. I just turn the lights off. Like we're watching a historical video today, y'all. Shut your face. There's no way I would. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I'd have to stay no, home. No. If you had a real, I haven't had a real migraine since I was in like fourth grade. I couldn't imagine. Another funny, huge fact of this one: in that scene, that same scene with Salma Hayek. The person she's talking to, Mr. Knowles, is is Harry Knowles, which, if you don't remember, he was like the guy that had that website in the 90s called Ain't It Cool News. It was a huge, like, film rumor website, right? Like, now you can just go, there's all these other websites where you find out, like, about movies coming out and, like, who's going to be cast. And it's all a bunch of YouTube videos, but this, like, predates a lot of that. His website would have, like, editorials where he, like, knew people and would get the insider scoop. He actually had, and it's a great thing, he had the insider scoop on Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, and he told Elijah Wood during the filming of this movie that he should audition for Frodo. Oh, okay. So Elijah Wood didn't even know what was happening. He said, hey, look, man, I've heard that Peter Jackson's redoing Lord of the Rings, and they're going to start casting in, in uh, somewhere in, in Britain in the, next, in the next couple months. So Elijah went home. He had never read the books. He went home, read the entire book, recorded his his um audition and sent it off that's how he got the role of frodo yeah he had the inside scoop from harry knowles apparently on this film he was a big deal in the 90s because any cool news is where you went for everything i mean he he did a pretty good job as frodo so there's that i couldn't imagine anyone else being frodo Mm -hmm. like really other than maybe even though after maniac i'll never look at him the same ever Sorry, Elijah. That's just not going to happen. I don't know, man. I've been an Elijah Wood fan since he was a little kid. Like, The Good Son is such a good movie. We ever do a kid horror month. We got to do The Good Son because that movie's fucked up. It's just messed up. And he kills his little sister and he shoots that dog with that bolt gun. He's crazy in that movie. But I also remember watching North a lot when I was a kid. There's a lot of movies with Elijah Wood in it I watched when I was a kid. So it's like, has that uh, nostalgia piece for me, I guess. A little bit. Yeah. But dude, like, I love this movie. I think it's a great film. Uh, 
good story. It's kind of ridiculous, but it makes sense. You know, it's done by Robert Rodriguez, which I like the most about him is that he will, he a lot of times will have a lot of hand in shooting it and he edits all of his own movies. So like you get that director's vision for sure, because he's not asking someone else to edit them. He does it himself. He's okay. like, nah, I'll cut it myself. So every movie you get of Robert Rodriguez is a director's cut, essentially. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because he did it himself, which is really cool. And I loved him because he's a big, he's a good friend of Quentin Tarantino. Like, I used to have the original version of El Mariachi, um, where it was all, you had to, it was all dubbed. Or subtitled, rather, because it's, it's Mexican. It was not Mexican. It's filmed in Mexico. It's it's in Spanish. God bless America. I just said that out loud. Anyway, <laughs> you are the worst. I know, I'm right? I feel terrible right now. I feel like the worst. About a student. Hey, do you speak Mexican? It's ridiculous. I felt like I should definitely be from Kentucky. It's embarrassing, y'all. But anyway, it's in Spanish. <laughs> the version I had was, and it was really cool to see his view because they kind of remade that into Desperado. So like. Desperado is not really, it's a continuation, but also kind of like how Evil Dead 1 and 2 are. Like, it's kind of a, they change stuff, but it's a, the same movie just for, you know, a bigger cast because you got Antonio Banderas in it. And then you put a lot of, you know, more money into it. I think Selma Hayek's in that too, to be honest. Uh, she yeah. is. Yeah, because she's in everything. And she's amazing. I love Selma Hayek. I still think she's one of like the prettiest women in Hollywood. And she, she's, yeah, she's pretty inside and out. I think yeah. that's what makes her even she's better. She's a great person. You talk to her. She's like, always like, ha, 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 ha. like she's always in a good mood. She's just that living her life. Yeah. And she tells she's funny stories it. and she like, and she laughs ridiculous. Like it's real belly laugh all the time. It's not fake. Like she's not trying to be prim. She's like, nah, I'm just going to be me. I'm loud. And yeah, she's I also like tiny, which was real funny. And her character in this was just good. She was like that. I think that whole dialogue she has in the teacher's lounge really sums up what it means to be a teacher. Like, and this movie does a good job of showing like what high school was like in the nineties, I think, which kind of shows a lot of love for Kevin Williamson because he does know how to write kids like in scream. They seem legitimately like kids. I know what you did last summer. They seem like teenagers, not old people trying to have weird dialogue. This movie, the dialogue is really good. Like it, it reads like how we talk to each other in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So we always tease each other. People were always picking on the kid who was different for being gay. That was like the thing. Oh, what are you, a lesbian? No, she's just a goth kid, small town Ohio. Come oh, down. it's like it's when Stokely's walking through the quad area and she runs into, or Stan like runs into her. Yeah. And he said, you ran into me, beast. And that's, that, I laughed so hard. I was like, that's so hateful. I know, right? But it was so funny at the same time. He's like, Johnny goes, oh my God, did he just call her beast? Doesn't he? Yes. That was probably my favorite line. The whole freaking movie was that. That and the lesbianism in my heritage was good too. That is a funny line. That was like, what? (laughs) And there's so many like good connectors here. Because if you think about it, and I read this too in my research, the main cast is The Breakfast Club. So they kind of tell you full yeah. on from the jump that Mary Beth's character should not be there. Right. So you oh, got yeah. Stan she as the job from the get go. Exactly. Zeke is obviously the, the druggy outcast. You know, he's Judd Nelson's character. Uh, you got the, the pretty girl, which is, you know, Brewster's character. Elijah Wood is playing the nerdy kid. You got the outcast with Clea Duval. You have everybody in the breakfast club. Yeah. And then they add this other person who's like, Oh, I'm here. So she's already like, 
A from she was from Atlanta, which is funny because Atlanta is a way bigger town than this place in Ohio. But she acts like she was from the smallest town ever, which is another thing that kind of when you pay attention, you know something's off with her. Because where they're at in Ohio is a tiny town in comparison to I'm from Atlanta. Atlanta is a, a metropolitan area. <laughs> like even in the nineties, it's Atlanta. I mean, hell, the Olympics were there. It's a huge place. Like from Atlanta, and she's real country. Yeah, and who not wants to drive case. through Atlanta to get anywhere? It's the anyway, worst. It's like, sucks. can we detour Atlanta? Because yeah. it is the worst. Unless That's you're it. going to Atlanta, you should go around it. <laughs> we we drove through. I think that was right when we were in Atlanta area or getting close to it. There was a high speed chase right before we. I said, "What are they? What are those cops doing? They were putting out a freaking spike strip." Yeah, we saw the car hit the spike strip and like get like ran over like into i was like oh my gosh <laughs> they we, they were having us pull over and stuff i was like what is happening i was like oh my gosh it's a high speed chase they were going so fast it was the coolest scariest thing ever <laughs> so yep it is a good I one still, that's a crazy I still thing cannot, it is i was like yeah. i've never seen that before in my I, life I like saw it's one so on cool. preston one time i was at the AutoZone one night and, like my buddy worked there and i was just swinging by i was after a show at tech world or something and there comes this like f- like ford explorer rolling down preston and they'd already Mm-mm. busted out the back tires so it's throwing sparks at the cops and zooming down Preston. Oh they my made it gosh. almost to Sam's down Preston. I was like, what the hell is that? We're just chilling <laughs> in the parking lot of AutoZone. Because you could hear it coming, you know, because it's riding on the rim. It's like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. And then you can see it like for like a mile because it's just shooting sparks at cop cars, all the lights. It was wild. They are cool to see. Like, it was definitely not like a movie, though. I was like, that was crazy. Someone's going to die. I know. We're, why are we just sitting on the side of the road? I'm just like in AutoZone parking lot. Like, uh, uh, I think I was putting like a headlight in, or so. I was doing something. My buddy like, was like, I'll, he, he would like hook it up with stuff at night, and he'd be like, "Yeah, man." And I'm just like, "Do you see that?" It was wild, but yeah, I could definitely imagine. It's one of those things you can't look away, but you're like, "Should I be watching this? This is crazy." I was like, "What is that? That's a spike strip. What are they about to do?" And I was like, looking around, and all of a sudden, I see it. I was like, "Oh shit! There it comes." <laughs> oh man. man, it's crazy. It was, good. It, was it was Atlanta. So there yeah. you go. So what do you Mary Beth? We know you aren't from Atlanta. Shut up. No, because you're not. You're way too country. If you just said someplace crazy in Georgia, maybe not Atlanta. But yeah, this scene is like this movie has so many homages to other things in it, and it's such a good film. Like I almost forgot just how good it is. But I think, and you could attest to this too, teaching high schoolers, they and especially because now these kids are really emulating the nineties. The way they looked and everything, this really looked like the kids we see in our hallways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those like I felt like I was I was like part of the faculty in this movie. I was hundred percent. Old dude. I was Mr. Tate. <laughs> with his flag. Aside from the alcohol, I don't t- I don't drink at work. So, but anyway, but I'm Mr. Tate. I was like, you I'm, got like, a I'm sweet just like, last kidding somewhere. <laughs> I'm just like, but he just seems so annoyed by. It. He's walking down the hallway and he's like, <sighs> like he's and then yeah. he just opens a textbook and just starts reading. I'm like, I, at this point, that's all I feel like doing. Like I just don't know. Yeah. Every building has those teachers in it. I know I'm not that teacher, but I feel like that teacher is what I'm saying. Yeah. You have those in my ho- quiet teachers like Famke Jansen. You got him who's just like, I'm done. I'm I got three years of retirement. I'm done. That's where that dude's at right there. 
Like he's yeah. already he's already called Frankfurt. How how much time do I have to stay in here before I can retire? That's where he's at. <laughs> uh, and you can tell this mentality. But you see teachers like that every year, man. When they come in, the ones who come back to like Jefferson County and like the end of their career, they're like that. I'm ready to leave. It's time. I'm only here to make the money to retire. And then I'm out. Yeah. And that's their mindset. Mm-hmm. That's what he reminded me of. Yeah. And like just all of them. And like the little old lady, like there were so many good scenes that were like the person who never retires, who stays forever, the lady who died in the shower. Like that was kind of her jam. I'm like, I'm going to re- teach forever. And they're always like, oh my God, retire. Like <laughs> they're all telling her to retire. She's all reading a course book. Like, what? There's nothing. You should be teaching at your grandkids. Go home. But uh, I thought, frankly, it was a really good representation of what high school is. Um, dialogue, how the yes. teachers act. How the students act. Some of the stuff in their room looked newer than the shit I have in my classroom. So this whole thing was although filmed in Texas, by the way. Although their teacher's lounge looked real janky. We don't even have one. So I would have been like, stop. There is no teacher's lounge. Oh, at we have. A te- it's called a teacher workspace. I will never go there. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah there's nothing. I, I, apparently where it used to be when I was in high school is now the nurse's office. So I walked in there and hung out with the nurses for a minute. They were like, can we help you? I was like. Nah, I just wanted to walk in this room because it used to be a teacher's lounge. And I said, I told myself the moment I was a teacher here, I'd be in this teacher's lounge. And she was like, you know, that's right. <laughs> she was funny. <laughs> the nurse was real cool. She was like, heck yeah, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I was never allowed in this room when I went to school here. So I'm just taking it in for a minute. <laughs> they were laughing at me. It was a good time. <laughs> but yeah, apparently this was shot in Lockhart, Texas. And the football team in all the city was actually there. They're extras in this movie. So the, the crowd you okay. see at the football game are the residents of Lockhart, Texas. The football f- teams are two schools from Texas football team without, you know, minus some of the actors they put in there, you know, like Usher and those guys. And then they all gave them fake t-shirts to wear in the stands, which I think is pretty funny. But they and gave them l- signs that say kill on it. Yeah. <laughs> kill, girl, kill, girl, kill. Girl. I'm like, that's, you're taking that shit real serious. There's a lot of good, like, just nods in this one. You'll, you'll love this. Apparently, Delilah, which is, Jord- you know, Jordana's Brewster's character, was actually written for Charisma Carpenter, and she turned it down. She said it was too, it was too similar to Cordelia, and she didn't want to do it. It was, it's very similar to Cordelia. And they also offered a role to Sarah Michelle Gellar, and she also turned it down. Although Cordelia wasn't as smart no. as Delilah. No, Cordelia's kind of dumb. Yeah, because uh, Cordelia wouldn't have said, oh, that's a really big word, six syllables. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, D- D- Cordelia would not have said that. She would have mm-hmm. been like, how many syllables is that? What does your thing? So what are pretty, syllables? That's pretty crazy. Cordelia that, wasn't very smart. That, no. But she, she turned down a role. Sarah Michelle Gellar turned down a role. And so did Julian Anderson. I'm like, come on, man. One of y'all should have been in this role. And there was I some know, I think I think they did a bigger job. Oh, they did great. I love it. Like, I honestly think it, it made it. A little bit better all around. You know who Although else? Although I love that Gabe was, or not Gabe, but uh, Usher was, his name is Gabe in the movie, but that he's on the cover, but like he's barely in it. And Stan is <laughs> not. Yeah. He's like behind him or something. I'm like, why yeah. They were just trying to, they were trying to make money off his, his he know. just blown up in the late 90s as a musician. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Usher's in this movie. You know who else auditioned for the role of Delilah and thank God didn't get it? Jessica hey. freaking Alba. Well, that wouldn't have been good. No, she's like talking to a stump. She's not a good actress. She's just like. You didn't like her in Honey? I didn't like her in anything. It's terrible. 
I she's the worst joking. part. Of, I know. I'm honey, like laughing. Honey's like the worst. But like, yeah. No. I, I like the movie for the uh, just the dancing. That's it's like center stage. That movie's terrible, but I love the dancing scene. So yeah. it's fun. The ones that I'll she's not in are great. Like, why are you trying? Stop. It's it's like watching somebody work a marionette. She's just not good. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Does the same shit in Sin City. It's terrible. Uh, <sighs> crap. Yeah, like well, I did have a titty tally in this one. Is there titties in this one? I didn't even notice. There are titties. You're right. It's well, it's Mary Beth. Oh, yeah, my, you're right. oh my gosh. It's yeah. like the longest yeah. scene ever. Yeah, she just walks around naked all the whole time. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's only one because it's the same person. I'm not counting like each individual cut scene or whatever not cut but you know what i'm saying like yeah, it's the he, same essentially the same part of the movie but they're like a little bit separate at, at times so but anyways there was there. a set of boobs forgot about that I, you know it was funny I was, I was trying to do a death tally and i think the the old lady teacher is the only person that actually dies no we got three well, no, that's right you're right you're right because it's john stewart's character dies the mm-hmm. principal dies and the old lady yeah. dies. famke jansen's yeah. character should have died because when you're no longer an alien, you were decapitated. So that's an interesting question about No, that. because it shows that when you cut their limbs off, they come back like it they 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 reattach. I know. They or they stay alive, but did it grow back? Like Yeah, I grew back. Okay. Cuz she's wearing that scarf around her neck at the end and I was like, did it grow back or is your head just detachable now? I'm very confused by that. Because they cut, she cut her head Why off. She wearing she wears a scarf in the, through the movie, well, right at the beginning. Right, I, I didn't pay attention enough. I only noticed that at the end that it was around her neck when she creepily waves at the high school student on the football field, which is also something they probably shouldn't have. They would not be able to make today because that's an obvious like undertone that there's something going on between them two. At the end of this movie, even though he's technically an adult because he's a second year, he's a fifth year senior. Which is funny that he's playing football all of a sudden. Like, you're fifth-year senior, dude. You're, like, a legit adult. Just get the hell out of here. But whatever. I mean, I've known some fifth-year football players. Oh, yeah. Some of them stay back on purpose, especially after COVID. They're like, oh, do one more year. But no, it's a – there's a lot of fun stuff in here. They talk about the X-Files. I think the the drug scene is kind of paying homage to the, the, the thing with the blood test like no you're taking this you're going to do this right now i ain't taking your drugs the fuck you're not you know they didn't give him a choice which i thought was kind of cool i was very sad that they ruined zeke's car it hurt my feelings a little bit <laughs> hurt my feelings it did it's a beautiful car and also there's there's so many nods in this one like john stewart's character's name in this movie is professor edward furlong and he's named after actual edward furlong who plays john connor in t2 Oh, okay. Oh, because, you I know, Robert Patrick that. chased him around. So they're like, oh, we're mm-hmm. going to name you John Connor or Edward Furlong, but we can't call you John Connor. But that would be, made me laugh. But yeah, I like so many of the scenes. Like the way I love Robert Patrick in anything. When he's angry, it's always believable and he's a little scary. When he's screaming at the football field, he's like, and then he like smiles all creepily, like, you have bodies in your basement. Weirdo. So, do you have anything cool you wanted to comment out about this movie? I don't know. I just really, the first time I watched this, I was telling Johnny this yesterday. I was like, I don't, I didn't like this movie the first time I watched it, but I I also watched it when it first came out and I wasn't into anything sci-fi. Yeah. But I feel like I've, I've grown to appreciate 
some sci-fi movies and I think I enjoyed it more this time than I did the first time I watched it. I thought the writing was really well done. I liked I, I liked all the characters for the most part because they all just seemed really believable. Um, I mentioned that they were a Motley crew. I also, I was like, when we first did, started doing the back to school month and like we were talking about cooties and how like some of it was like very relatable because it reminds you of what it's like to actually teach. There's yeah. a scene at the beginning of this movie where, well, it's two scenes really it's the first scene where they're on the football field and the coach is pissed and he's like throwing a fit and like knocking shit over and like he's like you know if you can't get it right get off my field you're like mm-hmm. you know just he does i don't need you whatever and then it goes back to the faculty lounge and they're trying to talk about funding and he's like well i bet the football team's gonna get blah 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 and like starts naming off all this stuff and she's like we unfortunately live in a football town. Yeah. Have you seen the stands on Fridays and Saturdays or whatever it was, Friday nights? And she was like, that's why they're going to get what they want. But like it was talking about cutting funding on like art programs and like field trips and stuff like that. And it just, I was like, God, so it sucks so bad. It's like, it's, it's so hard to get funding to do anything fun for the rest of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, it, it's so dark. <laughs> Taking me true, to though. a dark place. Yeah, it's true, I know. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like it our, was very believable. Our previous school, what, like they just put millions of dollars into a new football field and stadium and crap for what? 3% of the student body. No one yeah. else gets anything. We don't even get like a brand library. new turf field. Yeah. And <clears throat> Cause that's, that's what granted, brings families in. Granted, that's not, that was not purchased with school funding. No, no, but it would have but, been if the option was there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a Athletics always money, comes man. first. That was yeah, a big deal. Yeah, because it makes money. Even boy sports will outweigh girl sports. Like, the boys get all the money put into them because parents show up. Yeah. They bring in. Which they have boosters. They do, yeah, they do, they do, you know, fundraisers and all that jazz. There's a lot of that. And she even kind of hits her with the second one when the, the lady, you know, says, I really wanted to do, you know, this musical and she tells her to use the sets from our town, but there is no set from our town. It's just people talking on stage. So it's like a, yeah, you reuse the sets from our town because there's nothing. They're just basically, she's basically just telling her, sorry, your, your kids are getting over it. We're not doing yeah, anything. She's a jerk about it too. She was like, have you seen this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, here's the worst. I'm glad and, you died. And then she got it with some scissors. And I, that was my favorite part. Cause I forgot about the old lady being infected. And then she kind of like gets her a lot. You turn, she's like, all slowed. It was like creepy. Had that real like um psycho vibe with that slow stab yeah. with the scissors. You know, it was a really good like that's something Robert Rodriguez likes to do with the way he does like um violence in film and things like that because he was very much um inspired by Tarantino. So he has those kind of like real I don't want to say implicit, but like it's just real purposeful violence. Like not like nothing for no reason like the way she did that like the character was kind of crapped on and like you see her as like this bumbling person then all of a sudden she's like that was a that was that was a charade here's some scissors to your face and she takes her out which i thought was interesting also i liked it a lot so i thought so i know it looks very similar but i don't think it was actually a set from that so but anyway it still looked like it but i'm gonna mention it because i thought it was really 
interesting because I actually looked it up. But I think it was Casey's house. And it, it looked so much like one of the houses from one of the Halloween movies. The one where uh, the little girl lives in. It looked so similar to that house. And I was like, not the original Halloween house, but like the other one that's like two-storied with like, it looks very similar. Yeah, I could see that. I was like, I had to look it up. I was like, there is that the same house? It wasn't. But they no, show it side think, by side. It's very similar. I think most of it is, uh, most of this movie is filmed in Texas. So, yeah, it is. I do see a lot of those houses, though, I think that come from that part of the country do have a similar look. Oh, yeah. There's a lot they of places do. you're like, oh, was that there? No, it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. I just, I thought the movie was, um, it was believable and I, the pacing was really good. I thought the scene with all the, like when they're all arguing about how aliens were taking over the school and like kind of making fun of each other. And then all of a sudden Mr. Furlong, like freaking (laughs) goes crazy on them and, and they're having to fight him. And like, it was that whole scene was really good. And I I liked how he just ripped the paper cutter off, use it as a weapon, cut his fingers off. That was crazy. That was cool. I think it did it and we'll get into it in the um the rubric here, some of the effects that I liked versus not liked. You anything you want to add? You wanna jump into the rubric? We can jump into the rubric. Okay. All right. So um of course the faculty, we got literary element. So script, story development, dialogue, and character development. This one's gonna be really high for me because I think they did a really good job. Like we just you just kind of hit hit it. It really feels like high school. Yeah, it the does. Dialogue. It's not like it doesn't feel like a lot of times in other episodes we've quoted about like forty year olds playing high schoolers. Every high schooler. No, in this, this actually is feels like. Yeah, they actually seem like they're high school kids. Yeah, because I see these kids every day. You know what I mean? Like, and we have for our whole career. It's like you see that. Like, yeah, I've seen you in class, even though yeah, I know the you're, dynamic. The dynamic between each other and the dynamic between them and the administration and the parents and stuff. It all seemed like legit. Like yeah. parents aren't listening. Administration's not listening. Teachers don't care. <laughs> like, I think the cool yeah. thing too, though, is that at the time period this was in, they were actually in high school. Like Elijah Wood was a high school age person because he's, mm-hmm. he's only a year older than me. So okay. in 98, I was in high school. So mm-hmm. he might've just graduated. So I think that was a good choice. The casting of this movie was really good. Yeah, definitely. I think there's just, He's he was in so many things, but they did a good job with that. Some of the other actors may have been a little bit older. Let me see. Let's see how old Josh Hartnett was. Josh Hartnett was a little bit past high school, but he he played that. He was the oldest character, so that worked out. He's forty five now, so in ninety eight he probably would have just graduated. Maybe I graduated in two thousand. Elijah Wood probably would have been ninety nine. So he and might it been- makes his character, even though some people probably don't think it makes sense, it makes a lot of sense because a lot of times those fifth year seniors or like kids that are not doing their work are actually one of the smartest kids in the school. Yeah, they have some. His his needs were not being met. If you look at it from no. an educator standpoint, which I like yeah. how he wrote that because, like you said, his character he wasn't like it would have been cliche to make him like like destitute shithead kid. Like he's more like yeah. that nineties. I'm just acting out kid. Like his house was yeah. super nice. His mm-hmm. parents were in Europe. He was just a kid who is left to his own devices. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously smart enough to 
create a freaking essentially like a low key speed in his in his garage. It's mostly caffeine with some other things mixed together. The kids are getting high on, you know, in a pen, which is weird. But still, he's like, you know, figuring it out. So, yeah, I like this character. I think it fit. He has that like he fit that like bad boy kind of crappy. But uh, he didn't go deep like with Judd Nelson's character, how his old man's abusive and stuff. This kid is just mm-hmm. my parents abandoned me and I'm acting out. Yeah. But I thought it was written really well. I think the narrative's great. The characters are all developed well. You see some real growth across all the characters. You know, mm-hmm. the ones who liked each other get together and they, they swap around. And, like, you know, even uh, Piper's character comes around at the end how she's dating Casey. But it's like, oh, your fan club's here. You know what I mean? But, like, cause she really was smart. She was just playing that, that beauty. And, like, you know, Clea Duval's character, you know, Stokely was acting, like, just to be stood out but at the end she's wearing like purple and flowers and she's dating stan you know what i mean so like you see these characters totally shift yeah. i think you did a good job yeah i think so too what do you think score wise i think it lady? should be a, a, up in the 20s okay you want to kind of just hit it in the middle say like 22 23 something like that 22 is 22 is good okay. 22 all right, so the effects design element. So visual effects elements that connect to the narrative, set design, overall character design, gore, and practical versus digital effects. See, I really like this one, too. I think the sets look great. All the kids look mm-hmm. like high school. I mean, it is a high school, obviously, but it, it looks yeah. and has that feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the way they dress is very reminiscent of the 90s because it was in the 90s, but it really is like has that nostalgia. They look like they're supposed to look. Yeah, and the teachers and st- the staff just looks like the like actual staff. Yeah, so. they look like teachers, you know, and I thought that was yeah. cool. So that part I think is great. And honestly, the practical versus digital effects, I don't think they did a bad job with the things that had to be digital. You know, again, no. you can't look at it from the lens of 2023 because it's not going to look as good as it would today because we don't have, they didn't have the technology. And their budget was limited. But if you got someone like Greg Nicotero working on the practical effects, so like the old lady teacher, the way her skin looked and her feet, and she just looked gross. Oh, her feet were so bad. I know, I right? Like, oh my God. And then her scalp coming off, and just that 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 looked really good. And um, uh, you know, the foaming, yeah, eye, and the eyes and the bubble. Even though, yeah, scientifically, he's wrong. Diuretic doesn't do that on contact. That dries you out from the inside. But whatever. I forgot what it's actually called when it dries you out your skin on the outside. It's like salt on a, on a slug. It's, but it's not a diuretic. Even though caffeine is a diuretic, <clears throat> but I like that. How it like almost Alka-Seltzer foams out of their bodies and stuff. It yeah. looks cool. And that's all practical. Of course, the alien mm-hmm. at the end had to be, had to be digital. The thing's massive. And the little slug pieces, with their little tendril tendrils. That's, that's digital. John Stewart's fingers crawling everywhere. was digital, but was kind of cool. You know, it was a cool effect. It was interesting. I, I liked it. I didn't, normally it takes me out of it thing, but that big alien, I mean, it's a sci-fi movie and it's, I'm not sure if there was, I'm sure there was probably some of that alien that's not digital for some of the static probably. shots. There's probably, probably a practical version of it, but for the most part, I mean, heck they made her in the pool. The thing is like 30 feet long, you know, and it was mm-hmm. kind of how she moves. And even when her, you show that flashback and her finger opens that pin cap, it doesn't look terrible. I mean, it's obviously not real, but it doesn't look terrible. Or when her nostrils no, close over, you know. So this is probably in a higher rank for me. Like, what do you think? I'm thinking. I mean, I don't. Have, I can't find any real fault with it. I think the visual effects are good in this movie. 
I mean, you're you you look you paid more attention to that stuff than I do. Like I I wouldn't take much off of this one. Like no. it didn't look cheesy to me. No, I'd hit it with probably. I thought the one probably one cheesy part, but it made me laugh was when her head was like walking around. Oh yeah, that looked little... ridiculous. Yeah, that was silly looking. But other than that, the rest of it looked really good. But again, like it looked. Think about the things. This is like post men in black so it looks kind of like that you know what i mean like at the time frame and this is pre like matrix and new spider-man where like you started seeing big spectacular camera stuff so for the at the the time and for this to be shot on 35 millimeter i think they did a really good job (laughs) like a really good job i would hit it with you know probably 2021 all day long okay i got there's a couple things i'd it. Like you said, that weird head thing, that was silly. You could have just let, let her character be dead. That didn't make any sense. Her head crawling around. That was just weird. <laughs> so her, funny, though. Put her arm back on. But the head was weird because she looked like <laughs> my head. It was strange. And then the body all yeah, her, her body was Yeah, her body was trying to find her head. It was so good. That was the most well, Scooby-Doo like, thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I was like, this is great. I just wanted her to be like, I'm over here, you idiot. Like in so many other movies where they lose their head, like uh, Hocus Pocus and crap like that. I'm over oh here. My gosh. It was good times. So we we think like I don't know, twenty twenty one. Twenty's good. All right. Visual technical element. Overall aesthetic of the film is pleasing to the eye. Lighting, creative camera shots, and movement and lens selection. I think this is really good. I know. Let's see. What was his name? I can tell you exactly the scene that I thought was the coolest one. Like Enrique when did a good job, but Rodriguez. She was. Which one? Mary Beth was walking through the locker room as a person. She's completely naked, but like the shadows around her are tentacles. Yeah. But you don't see the tentacles. You just Going see the, everywhere. the shadow. Yeah, that yeah, was cool. I did like, I thought that, and it lasted a while, and it, it looked yeah. really good. And they just got bigger and more ominous the closer yeah. she got to you. It was really neat. I that definitely that. goes that a, little, a little mix of both, because it was a smart shot, that overhead like that. But then, that, you know, of course, that's going to be a digital effect. Yeah. But it did look really cool. You're like, okay. And they're just kind of t- tentacles everywhere. It had like a real, like, mm-hmm. HP Lovecraft kind of vibe to it. Like, just, yeah, it came from outer space kind of vibe, which was cool. Um, I think... There's a lot of shots like that. I really like the back and forth shot through the glass with Stan when he's like, let me in, let me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were cool. And like that really weird shot of Robert Patrick character, like standing in the weird of the field. And he's just kind of staring with a smile. It was just the way they're done. Right. It was done really well. Yeah. Which I liked. And like Rodriguez, a lot does a lot of heads on shots and a lot of really good trailing shots. And I think with his direct, it's, it's funny that I, I guess I didn't remember, but, like I said earlier, going into it, knowing you see his fingerprints and his, because even though he used a cinematographer on this, he shoots a lot of his own stuff. So like in his older movies, he shot it and edited it. Like he has a book called uh rebel without a crew. Cause all of his early movies, he did almost everything himself. He wrote it. He did all the directing. He shot him himself. He edits himself. So like his eyes on everything. So I would, I would, I would almost venture to say that he probably had a lot of say, in how this looked, even though it, this Enrique guy was a cinematographer, Rod Rodriguez was probably the DP. He was probably the director of photography. So he was like, look, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And uh, so you can see it. I really like it. Like I said, I like almost everything he does. I think he picks some really good shots. 
that is a really cool one. Uh, the lighting is really neat. I think the shots of like Elijah Woods character when he's trying to sneak out and he falls off his roof and stuff. And his dad's like, what are you doing? And he has the freaking porn mag in his hand. And it was like, up, oh, up. Oh, his dad was great. Get him. Look, shooter McGavin over here. <laughs> Stupid. It's ridiculous. But there's so many good shots, man. Like the hallway run shot at the very beginning when he's chasing her down the hallway, the principal. Yeah. That's a really cool shot. And that zoom in on her face, the old lady's just flat face and starts stabbing her. It was just really good. I mean, this is really high for me, too. Like I said, it's good. I'd also give it probably like a 23. Honestly, it's really good. I don't see anything really negative lighting and shot wise that takes no, away I thought from the, the film. lighting was very good. And I think for me, knowing the difference between digital and film, I just really like film. I think the look of film is good. It doesn't take you out of a movie like an HD movie does, like how some of the scenes look too real. You're supposed to be able to go into a movie and like disappear into the movie, right? And I think the 80s and 90s, we had so much of that because it's film and it doesn't look like real life. And the social commentaries are like more subtle than they are today. Like today, they beat you over the head with it. Like in the 90s, they can say a whole lot in the movie or say nothing, but. It wasn't like, let me smack you in the face with it. And I think this movie does a really good job of just all of that all around. And the aesthetic of the film is just, it is pleasing to the eye. I think it looks good. What do you think, like 23? That's fine. And then finally we get into your favorite section, dude. The sound element. So the sound represents the overall tone of the film. The soundtrack, as well as the score, keeps the audience engaged with the setting, characters, location, and narrative of the piece. Now, this was done by Marco Beltrami. He had previously scored uh, Scream. He also did Mimic. And he'd done some other, of course, a lot of other movies as well. But he, you know, his big one was he did Scream. And uh, let's see here. I mean, he's done a ton of crap, actually. Scream, Mimic, The Faculty, Resident Evil, Woman in Black, A Quiet Place. He's doing None 2, Terminator 3, Live Free or Die Hard. He's done World War Z, I Robot, Snowpiercer. I mean, this guy's just done a lot of stuff. He did Hellboy, The Wolverine, Logan. He's worked with a lot of people. Just, a, yeah, a lot. You know, of course, with doing Scream, that's working with Wes Craven. You're getting that kind of like, he did seven collaborations with Wes Craven, which I think is says a lot about him. Yeah. Because he scored, looks like he scored almost all of the Scream movies. He scored Dracula 2000, which just sets a really place in my heart because I love that soundtrack and I love that movie. He I haven't did, like, seen that in forever. I know, it's such a good movie. Such a good movie. But yeah, man, he did a lot of stuff, dude. A lot of my favorite movies are scored by him. He actually scored H2O as well, which is funny. Alien vs. Predator. I, like I said, Hellboy. Blade 2. Resident Evil. Triple <laughs> X Stay of the Union. That's such a bad movie. <laughs> but he did that one too. <laughs> There's a lot to be said about just the overall tone of the music in the movie. Because it's like... Not the score per se, but the choice in songs that they used made sense. Mm -hmm. I actually liked this version of a school-based movie because I felt like it sounded like a high school. You have the intercom, and you're calling the kids over the intercom. You always hear that. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Somebody's not where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You're making an announcement for them to get, get to the office. Because you're getting picked up and we don't know where you're at. <laughs> so yeah. there's that. You're cutting. Someone's here to get you. Yes. 
And then you have the locker slamming, just like, like all the sound effects I thought were very fitting to a high school and fitting to like what was actually going on as well. And then I, I, I noted three songs that I thought were perfect choices. So it starts off with offspring. The kids ain't all right, yeah. so, which I liked. And then I don't love Creed, but I'm 18 was a good choice for that scene. And then you had an, another brick in the wall. Obviously I was a good, yeah. and it was, that was a cover, but yeah, it's class of 99. Yeah. So like, I thought the soundtrack choices were well done for the throughout the movie. I thought the sound effects of the whole the high school as a whole was really good. Oh, I agree. And then I just I felt like everything was very ominous all the way through, like when when it showed the the faculty and how like they they're slowly getting taken over by this entity or whatever. So it scores high for me because of all that. Yeah, I thought um, it was good. I agree. Like you, I think without being in a high school daily, you don't pay attention. I think to those like background noises, and this film has them all. I think that's what mm-hmm. what you're trying to say. Like you with the, the lockers, kids yelling and, and oh yeah, and there's like weird conversations here and there, and <laughs> you're just like, there's a lot going on. And you're right. Like, of course, we don't hear as much lockers anymore. Kids don't use them, but that is the sound of high school. You know what I mean? And I really like, I agree. I like how they did it. I think he did a great job. And normally sometimes I get, I don't like when they do like too many songs, but I did think they were done really well here. Um, And well, here's the thing. A lot of them weren't used in the movie. It was a post credits. Or post movie, like during the credits and stuff. But like these three songs were used at specific points where they made sense. Yeah. Well, a lot of it too would so, be like when they were in a car, you heard a song, or it was like yeah. the fight song where they're playing the game and you heard that background mm-hmm. voice from the football game. And it was just really good. I think this the the sound capture was great. The audio sounds good. Um the sound of the alien was kind of cool too. Like when you hear them in the water and some of the like the crazy sounds and yeah, like Clea Duvall's character is like screaming underwater when she wakes up and she's all bleeding and stuff. And then it's like, oh, did you have that like muffled kind of creepy roar? And it was cool. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. So what do you think? What do you want to give it for the sound? I'll, I'll do like 22, 23. Okay. I don't think it's like perfect, but I think it's done great. You know, done a really good job. It's got an 87. That's good. Three, four, five. Yep, eighty-seven. That is good. We haven't had a B in a while, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> we got a lot of A's and F's here lately. A couple B's. <laughs> you either are good or you suck. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The next one will probably suck. We'll see. But <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie a lot. I, I do think it has a lot of. And I had a conversation with someone this weekend about just the how nostalgia works on us. You know. Cause it's more nostalgia is more of us just from, we kind of tune out the bad from the time period, but we really think about the good and watching this movie as a person who lived this time frame as a high schooler, it really brought back a lot of high school nostalgia, like thoughts of the positive of high school. It also highlighted a lot of the negatives of high school too. Like poor Casey's getting reamed against the pole and just like 
relentlessly bullied and no one does anything in the face yeah and he's like bleeding and crying in a stall that was high school for some people and i think this movie does a really good job of capturing that mm-hmm. it's got a lot more a lot more sci-fi vibe but there is some great horror i think you have some of the special effects are done by arguably one of the best to ever do it like greg nicotero is in the top five special effects makeup artists of all time i think uh and he will be he will forever be that, you know, especially for things involving like rotting bodies, things like that. They look really good. Like I said, the old lady, even her dead body was good. It's good writing. Yeah, it's good shot. You have a great director. You have a great writer who understands the voice of children. I think even though he's nowhere near their age, but I think the movies he done doing like Dawson's Creek and scream all those. And I know what you did last summer. He knows how teenagers talk to each other and you hear it a lot in this one. And you just see the differences in the characters. Like that really stoned out girl at the very beginning. That's Rob Rodriguez's little sister. The one that's like just points at the office. But like those characters. She just points at the entrance to the school. She's like. It's up there. They're terrible tattoos. (laughs) And she's just like baked. Kids are like that in school, man. Especially in the mornings. They're just sitting around, you know. So it it had Mm -hmm. that feel. And I thought it was really, really good. So yeah, for me, this is. I mean, it's definitely earned its 87. It's not a perfect movie. It definitely is not like a scream where it was like the teenage, you know, slasher movie, but it does a really good job of carrying on that, st- that steam that scream brought out, you know, like there were so many in the nineties slasher era that came, that were like teen slashers, you know, with your screams. I know what you did last summers and your urban legend and this, and there was a couple other ones around that time. And I think it does a really good job of bringing like a modernization of like, the thing with teenagers or the body snatchers you kind of don't know who's who and you have to have that kind of creepy what's going on i'm afraid of the person next to me horror which i really like so great film highly recommended if you haven't seen it especially yep. for our younger listeners i uh, get out there we didn't ruin all of it so watch it it's good it's ridiculous no, we didn't tell you how it ended yeah it's it's great and it's guaranteed to jack you up so check it out <laughs> so stupid it is. It's. I had to use that. I was telling Aaron when we were watching it, and I was like, "That's the tagline right there." Because like, Josh Hartnett says it, and then Elijah Wood says it at the end. And a little fun fact for me: I love the movie Days and Confused. It's one of my favorite movies in high school, right? And the kid Mitch from it's Days great. and Confused is in this movie. He's like the druggy kid with ah, oh, dude. What's that piece of shit's name that got that was in that '70s show? That's like one a, that had I don't remember. Yeah, his what name. the hell? Danny Masterson, who's like an you know, just like the Weinstein's, he's a piece of shit. But the kid with him is the kid, the little kid from Days of Confused, that like grabs his nose all the time because he's obviously like snorting these drugs up there all the time. It's that same kid. Oh I was gosh. like, holy crap! I've never seen that kid in any other movie ever, and it just I was like, that's him right there. That's crazy. It made me laugh. But yeah, that was a little little fun there. So anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Just where, where they can find us. All right, tell them where they can find us. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horror in the Halls. You can also follow Jenny underscore Dreadfuls on Instagram. You can email us at horrorinthehalls at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, guys, reach out. Uh, keep in mind, we are reading Carrie this month. So yes. if you read along with us, it's a great book about a lot of high school girls who, deserves every, who deserve everything that happens to them. Um, Every small thing ever. They're horrible. There's also a Patreon special this month. If you join Patreon at any level, you get stickers, bookmarks, accolades, whatever you need. And yeah, so I think that's it. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you next time. Bye.